Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, walking you this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Ghoul Beat Keats film pick of the week in 2022, Pray for the Devil, directed by Daniel Stamm. But before we get into all that religious horror goodness, we're joined by the bold and beautiful, the Ghoul Beat Keith. Hello. How is you today? We are indeed speaking about Pray for the Devil tonight here on Talking Terror. I'm just See, kidding. No, not shouting. Yeah, I'm definitely not. No, I am no prim and proper shit. I'm all fucking mad. I'm the fucking devil and all the yeah. Show me your pussy. Fresh souls in hell and your mother sucks cocks too. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> everybody. And, that, and that's just him on a Tuesday, folks. <laughs> that's not even him possessed. <laughs> that's just what he does when we go grocery shopping. All right, cool. Let's go grocery shopping. He's like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Like, we haven't even gotten into the story yet, man. Save that material for when we get to the deli counter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stick that turkey in your pussy. Stop it, dude. I'm wrong, trying man. to it's fucking get... <laughs> yeah. I want goddamn literally sitting, I'm, I'm sitting here right now, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded. I, ha- I have to say, you know, like, like, like I said, I've been playing this Baldur's Gate 3 game and I'm making all kinds of fucking characters and dudes with fucking pussies, chicks with dicks and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I'm currently Woo-hoo! looking at a gigantic muscular... Muscular black man with a giant tattoo on his face. He's bald and he's got a vagina, and it is just, yeah. Yep. Yes, queen. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to ask that guy right. sometimes. <laughs> Pick me up I wow <laughs> All right, chocolate daddy. All right. <laughs> All about that. Game. Of course, I'll send you guys pictures. I will show you his pussy. Oh, you know it. It's gonna go right up in the locker at work. Can't wait. Glad to be here. We also joined by the psychotic singer himself, the Prince Memoirs Day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. Hey there, our fellow gold geeks and monster maniacs. It is talking terror time, baby. Your favorite radio broadcast for horror movie reviews every Wednesday night. We are coming in your ears live from 9 to 11 p.m. We give you the latest updates in the horror business, plus unique movie reviews you won't hear anywhere else. You just remember to share the love of your favorite horror broadcast by liking and subscribing to Talking Terror on both Spotify and iTunes, baby. What is up, my fight family? Hello there. No stutters this week. Boom! Good. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking hit it, man. You fucking got it out the gate. You weren't quite as manic with the cocaine this week. You know, you hit you hit your mark. It was great. What a fucking intro. You know, see, this is why you're good when we go grocery shopping. You're like, I want the fucking candy, fucking king. And I'm like, no, you can't. This thing is fucking bullshit, man. I'm going to go outside and fucking smoke a cigarette. I'm not even helping you anymore. But wait, monkey, you got to push the cart. You push it, you fat asshole. All right. Jesus. Ah, 
Yeah, we took the ghoul. We I'm just like, fucking nah. curses and says, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, King's hanging out in the aisle where the depends are and shit, trying to pick up some of that old ass whap. <laughs> hey, Granny, you, you want me to get that off the top shelf for you? You need some other muscle? I got you. Look at these guns. Booyaka, booyaka. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Sweet, isn't it, Granny? Oh. <laughs> That's the fucking way to do it. You just you go down that aisle. Specifically early on a Saturday, you go down that aisle and you see the Minamusil and it's all the way up on the top shelf. So you have this woman, she's like, excuse me, I hate to bother you, giant man, but could you get the Minamusil off the top shelf? I'm like, oh, you mean this? And she's like, ooh, handsome, strong oh. man you are. I'm like, oh, man, my arms are tired from, uh, you know, lifting all these Minamusil things all day. Let's say uh, we get the early bird special over at the diner. She's like, and he drives a car. Well, <laughs> well, that's why he gets there early, though. The Metamucil's low. He puts them all on the top shelves so that they have to ask him for it. It's not really that high. He just switches the shit up so they got to ask him for it. Hey, man, don't ask me what I do on Friday nights before the Saturday rush. <laughs> Read the shelves. Yeah, that's up there. It. <laughs> Hey, you just got to go to a grocery store where they don't ask a lot of questions, and I found them, all right? They're few and far between, but there are a few in the city where they won't ask questions if you slip them to five. And then you just wait until closing time, and then you can fucking do whatever you want. It's fucking, it's great. You got to love the shit, city. Man. They just don't get it. <laughs> the way they are, got self-check out. You're fucking innovating new shit. You're like, fuck it, man. Let's make the customers restock the shelves, too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, they know I'm just trying to get geriatric ass, so they just don't ask many questions. They're like, yeah, yeah he just wants to get that old ass. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> they are not going to argue. They're going to see a strapping young man who could get me to use off the top shelf. And I don't have a cane. That's like, even better. Oh, shit, he has two legs at work. Oh, man, starting to look up. <laughs> but I do believe uh, as we continue our conversation about my weird sex life with senior citizens, we are joined by the demonic dean like himself. Like hole. <laughs> yep. There he is. Hi, Gene. We love you, Gene. This is correct. Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> this is this is a special a special appearance from me right now. Is I have left the West Coast Talking Terror Studio uh, with a mobile edition of this portion of our program, as it is a special special a very special evening in my personal life as I am en route to the theater to take in the uh, cinematic screaming, screening of the uh, original The Exorcist, which I have never seen on the big screen before. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be oh, fucking oh, wait a minute. Man. So, so, oh, wait, so that means we got a mobile unit on the West Coast for Talking Terror. So it's like fucking uh, Storm Chaser team for horror news. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, so... <laughs> The the real horror news that I have for you right now is this fucking East Bay traffic, which is a horror <laughs> show like none of you have ever fucking seen before. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've driven in downtown New York traffic, so. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. As someone who lived uh, an hour outside of New York City and equidistant between New York City and Philadelphia and have driven back and forth to both and inside both cities on numerous occasions, sometimes I long for the New York traffic. <laughs> wow, that bad, huh? <laughs> uh, 
times it is. Yeah, th- the th- reason th- thankfully that- I can say that while I was out in California, I did not get to experience any of this this traffic. But I have seen no. video and, and images of what that horror show looks like, and yeah, I uh, I can say from from what I've seen, it looks like it makes like New York traffic just look silly. The thing about the tri-state area traffic, like that I have found with experience living in both places, is that in New York, in the New York, New Jersey area, like it's all very predictable. It's going to happen the exact same way in the exact time of days, uh, one time heading north, one time heading south, et cetera, et cetera. Here, there's no fucking rhyme or reason to it. It could be 11 o'clock at fucking night, and it's a fucking standstill. It can be 1.30 in the afternoon. It can be a standstill. Rush hour can be light. And then rush hour home can be insane. Like, it just, sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. And that's the frustrating part of it. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I can get wherever <laughs> I need to get to in 10 minutes. <laughs> we don't have that kind of big city traffic here in Lancaster. <laughs> I'm really worried about it, but you know, as uh, as the the dean drives to his destination, seeing the Exorcist on the big screen, way to go with that. Um, you know, uh, guys, we have a couple of trailers to talk about, so that kind of eases the uh, dean and horror news a little bit. Um, one of the ones I wanted to talk about was the Toxic Avenger reboot. Like the dean was bringing up about details about it, how it was shot, and it's going to screen at a festival. Well, we finally got a fucking teaser that. Actually, I think paid off. Give me a fucking quick minute clip, and that's it. Don't show me much else, and I'm good. And I was fucking excited. It's trauma with a fucking budget. It's like somebody gave Lloyd money and said, make the Toxic Avenger and make it fucking good. The people that we know fucking paid off. <laughs> what did you guys think about the teaser? I mean, look, I, yeah, you, you know me. I, I, I'm thinking that, I like, for I, I, you know, look, it's a teaser trailer, and a teaser trailer is designed to, like, just give you a little taste and not give you much, and, like, it was a satisfying taste. I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it since I've heard about it. I've been looking forward to it even more once I've heard some of the casting details, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wanting, uh, give us a, at least give us a fucking release date. Tell us it's coming out by the end of the yeah. year, or the first half of 2024, just Give us something, you know. Tell us when we're going to get a chance to see it. Agreed. As we were saying, Uh, You know, for me, I just think, uh, uh, I don't know. It did not It did not satisfy me in any way. It didn't interest me in any way. Really quite the opposite. I'm actually more of like, you know what, I'm, I'm probably hmm. going to just wait for whatever home release when it happens and, and, and go from there with it. I feel like, like, like you say, it's trauma with a budget, but I don't want trauma with a budget. I like my trauma just the way it is. Uh, just because it's fucking, you know, uh, a, a midget in a costume doesn't make me want to see the Toxic Avenger anymore. I mean, it's just fucking Peter Dinklage in a costume. I've already seen the man play a gigantic dwarf. I've seen him play, you know, the imp on fucking Game of Thrones. I, yeah, I just... He's still just Peter Dinklage, so it's he's never going to be, you know, I don't know, not not to quote a fucking uh, uh, a Republicard, but like you know, not my Toxie. <laughs> I've seen him play yeah. the Jewish mob. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, ask uh, you, Dean. The, the last kind of threw me <laughs> off when, he had, when uh, Peter Dinklage was. <laughs> yeah. But 
I love the fact that the fucking bicycle kid with the helmet shows up in the trailer. I was like, that's fucking cool. That's a good throwback to the original Toxic Avenger. Fucking kid gets his fucking head popped. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> fucking bicycle helmet kid's in there. I was like, that's a nice callback to 84. It's, it's, it's the brain smashing scene. That they yep. took out of the original <laughs> and then put it back in when they did the uncut version of it. Yeah, because it's fucking, you know, horrible. <laughs> it's like a little kid with the big helmet on get fucking run over. I mean, it's the funniest fucking scene in the movie, but at the time, it's like, yeah, gotta take that out. Then they back up. (laughs) Then they back up and they go over it again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because they have to get the extra points. (laughs) And I love the fucking dude. Like, when fucking Melvin gets caught on fire to find the chemicals, if he doesn't think this joke is funny, he's a fucking dick. (laughs) You know, it's like, dude, the fucking guy's on fire running down the street, but... Monkey, what did you think about the teaser for Toxic Avenger? Well, again, you know, just teaser, so we don't know. You know, it's just, you know, okay, yay. Glad to see that something's happening. Again, like you were saying, I'm excited to see what Troma can do with the budget. And, you know, again, teaser, so it's not like we really got a lot or anything like that. But it's like, I'm just really curious to see how they spent that money, if they spent it, you know, like, where did they spend it? You know, you know, special effects, production, all that kind of stuff. Because I would actually love to see a trauma movie where they actually spend it on, you know, polishing film and, and see what that actually looks like as opposed to, shot, you know, the usual shot-on-video look that all the trauma movies have. No, I mean, and to the ghoul's kind of defense, that's what I kind of like about trauma movies that they look like they were shot with a fucking home video camera. The budget's fucking like $5. But yet for some reason, they're fucking great movies. <laughs> you kind of want Truman to be the independent cinema that has no fucking money. But yet fucking Lloyd getting all that money for the Toxic Avenger reboot, people were like, oh, are you a sellout, Lloyd? He's like, fuck no, look at all my money. You think I'm a fucking sellout? <laughs> Would yeah, you like to have He didn't spend any of it on the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, I mean, like, that's the thing, though, with Lloyd, you know, like, at any time we've interacted with him, which, I mean, you know, it's funny enough, but mm-hmm. for a guy like Lloyd, you know, he never has a problem interacting with you as a fan, he'll sit there, he'll talk with you, Not he'll hang out with you, he'll tell you, he'll tell you that your shit's better than anything that he could ever make, um, you know, yep. like, like he says, you know, make, make your own damn movie. I think for me, it's mm-hmm. not so much of, uh, like, you know, the movies look like they're shot on this budget or this or, or, or this and that. It's the creative freedom that somebody that's making a trauma film is allowed to do. You know, you can basically do whatever the hell you want in a trauma film because as long as you're getting it funded, as long as you're producing and making a movie, you know, and and you're not doing anything illegal with it and you're not doing anything that's going to go against, you know, whatever codes there are that do permit films to, to actually be released... They'll, they'll pretty much let you put out whatever the fuck you want. So, and, and that, I think, more than anything else, is, is what makes a trauma movie a trauma movie. You know, like, you're not going to get that with any other, even independent studios. You're not going to get what you get when you get a trauma film. You're not. And Lloyd, he'll be there the entire time while you're making your movie for trauma, but he won't fucking get involved. Like, he's not the type of person that's going to look over your shoulder every five seconds and be like, are you doing that right? No. He'll just fucking be there so he can get, like, his fucking ass handed to him by a fucking maniac or something like that in the background. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> He's just there to support oh, you, you as a fucking film filmmaker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at fucking James Gunn. He came from trauma 
He gets the big fucking money and makes Guardians of the Galaxy. And who has a cameo? Lloyd Kaufman. Thank you, Lloyd, for fucking <laughs> getting me here. <laughs> you know? it's, volume it's, one and Lloyd volume three. We saw him That's right. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you, you know, you can't make it big coming from trauma, you know. But uh, it's very cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to Toxic Avenger. You know, I like the fact that they didn't show too much. I didn't like the fact that they had uh, Peter Dinklage laughing in the trailer. I'm like, yeah, could have done without that. <laughs> no, thank you. That's kind of lame. Could have done without it, but you know, it's all right. You know, we're going to get some head squishing. We're going to get butt guts, uh, like the Dean reported back a couple months ago about that scene. So we'll have to see what happens. But uh, so, yeah, um, no fucking release date. No idea. This movie could come out fucking never. It could come out a year from now. Who knows? You know, but we got a teaser. Um, the other one I want to talk about was Thanksgiving. You had Rob Thanksgiving, the monkey's favorite director. Uh, he's coming out with Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, finally getting, you know, that, uh, you know, mock slasher movie. Um, you know, I was kind of hesitant to watch the Red Band trailer that came out today that the, the dean had told us about, just because I don't want to get spoiled any more than I have to. But, of course, I had to check it out. We do it for the show, and we like to report back on what we thought. And I was kind of happy with uh, seeing how clever Eli is going to be getting with some of these kills. I'm just hoping that we get the trampoline fucking kill from the mock show that came out with the Grindhouse movie. Knife straight up through, girl landing <laughs> on it. Ooh, yes. Give me that one. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what did you guys think about the Thanksgiving Red Band? Mark, can you go Okay, first? I'll jump in real quick. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I was really pissed at this trailer, man, because of course you were. Uh, you King, you, you, exactly, and I was mad because I was like, "Fuck, this actually looks like it's gonna be fun." Fuck, this actually looks like it's gonna be a good time. It's like, motherfucker, this looks like it's gonna be. This looks like it's gonna be a really good slasher. Motherfuck, I don't want to fucking like an Eli Roth movie. But yeah, it. Oh man, yeah. It and I, I, with the Red Band trailer, I really liked where they might be going with uh, the Black Friday message. You know, if yeah. Eli Roth is going to go go there with that, because I'm also, a, you know, a, one of those people where I am very much, you know, stores ought to be closed on Thanksgiving. They deserve to be with their families just as much as you fucking do. You know, so stores shouldn't be opening up, you know, so that you can do all your shopping rest immediately after, you know, you finish fucking eating and now these people got to deal with all these masses of assholes that are out there just trying to get you know get a fucking you know blu-ray player for 50 bucks and shit like that it's just these those people don't deserve to deal with your bullshit they should be home with their families like you do and it's just you know hopefully he's gonna sit there and tack on to this you know doing a big old stab at walmart so there we go um yeah but it just it yeah it looks it looks like it could be really fun. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about you, too, when I was watching that monkey, because I was like, oh, man, this woman's getting shoved in the fucking oven. I was like, I know the fucking monkey's like, okay, I like this. Okay, I'm in. I'm like, ha-ha, you're a Neil Ross fan now. Ha-ha, sucker. <laughs> I don't like him, though. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. All right, yeah, cool. What did you think about the Red Band? 
Uh, first monkey, did you ever see the original, uh, the original Thanksgiving trailer, like the 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 one for the the Grindhouse movies? Yeah, um, yeah, I have a DVD set where it's uh, all one length movie. So you have Planet Terror, then the trailers, and then um, uh, the Tarantino movie. Sorry, have uh, that, having that, a break part on the. Yes, 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 yeah, but mine is all set up as one long movie on my DVD. It's not broken up. So, yeah, I've I've seen all those. Okay, so, so, yeah, sorry, I just didn't know if, like, this was your first, like, experience with the whole idea of the, uh, of this film. Uh, no, as far as, like, this trailer goes, I mean, you know, this, this looks like, you know, what that potential movie was with, you know, I guess kind of to, to resound what you were saying about the trauma movie, this is Thanksgiving with the budget. Um, <laughs> yeah. except in this case, I, I feel like it'll be a benefit. It'll be a benefit to it. Um, you know, say what you will about Eli Roth, whether you like him, whether you don't, you know, the, the guy always at least brings a specific style to whatever kind of horror film that he is making. So, uh, yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to this one. You know, I love the trailer from the uh, the Grindhouse movies, and I think it's going to be a fucking bloody nasty good time. I agree with you, though. I hope that they have that uh, that that trampoline sequence because that also looks like yeah. a, a yeah. good time. It's just, that was the highlight of that fucking trailer. Well, that and the dude fucking the turkey at the end. I mean, I was like, I don't know if he's yeah, getting away with that. I, I hope that's there too. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see it, but oh, I don't know. I'm, ba- I'm, ba- I'm basing it. What? Don't judge me. <laughs> yeah. Or at least Jay Hernandez getting his fucking head cut off while he gets a blowjob from Jordan Ladd. I think that was fucking cool, too. So, you know, Eli mm. Roth knows how to make good fucking kills. But, uh, you know, if you're still there, Dean, driving in that wonderful traffic, what would you think about the Thanksgiving Red Band? Uh, look, the Red Band trailer for, for Thanksgiving certainly looked fun. Uh, when you break it all down, you know, it is it is still a slasher, and we'll see what can be done creatively to make us excited while watching the slasher movie these days. Uh, I would just I just hope for some, some good violent kills, I would, especially uh, one who loves uh, the Thanksgiving time of year and spending a lot of time in the kitchen on Thanksgiving. I would really like some, some kitchen-based kills, and I agree with what the monkey said as well. I don't believe in the whole Black Friday thing. I don't do it. I don't participate in it. I, as, uh, you know, going back maybe 10 to 12 years ago when stores started to open at, like, midnight on Thanksgiving night, causing people to have to go to work, I thought it was the most disgusting fucking bullshit and just do not engage yeah, or participate in it. So I hope that there is, as one who, uh, you know, has had to work, not on Black Friday, but I've, in my restaurant years, I've had to work on Thanksgiving before. Um, yep. I, I that there is some Black Friday carnage as well. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Thanksgiving trailer. I think it's hilarious that all this time later, uh, this thing is finally getting made, or it's actually getting made. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, when when it arrives in in November, it will be a a nice treat for that season because we're in the season now, October, where a lot of people like to release their their horror movies, and uh, you know it'll be nice to have a little Thanksgiving treat 
uh, in the horror realm as well. Oh, I completely agree, and I think it's, it's perfect timing for it to get released next month. It doesn't have Thanksgiving. Um, and now that you brought that up, uh, Dean, I actually completely forgot. I was going to say at the beginning. Uh, but I did see Saw X on Sunday. Um, yeah, man, probably the best one since part two. It actually has a fucking plot. Like, it actually has a story. And I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, all right. So it takes place between one and two. The gory fucking kills are there. So if you like that torture porn shit, fucking you're going to have a great time. And if you like a story, you'll actually get one. Like, they actually fucking develop. I mean, it's it's silly as fuck, but it's still a story. Like, fucking, uh, they opened me up, and then they just said, oh, well, now I'm going to kill them all. Like, I mean, that's basically the fucking plot of the story. But, you know, it was great. So, I mean, I definitely recommend it. Like I said, the, the movies just got worse after part three, and at least the producers are now acknowledging that they shouldn't have killed them in part three. They probably should have kept Jigsaw alive for more of them, but... They didn't know what they were doing at that point. By part three, they're just like, yeah, you know, we'll pull a fucking final chapter and we'll kill them off and then maybe we'll bring them back. And, well, they did for a bunch more movies. But uh, And then this week is The Exorcist, The Believer, which I've, I'm avoiding all reviews. They're coming in. I'm trying to avoid all of them, but it's not as easy as you think when you go on to these horror sites. <laughs> and, uh, yep, Exorcist, Believer, spoilers, like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> I don't want to see you until after the weekend by the time I get to see it. Expectations are fucking low because we saw what David Gordon Green did with the Halloween franchise. But, ooh, I just watched Halloween Ends on Friday before the monkey came over. Man, that movie still blows. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, because, yeah, we, we watched about half of it together. And I was like, you watch Halloween Kills? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, why? And he was like, I'm seeing if it gets any better. <laughs> it's like, you I just want it's been, <laughs> it's been almost a year. I wanted to see if it got any better. I wanted to see if I would appreciate it any more, and I don't. <laughs> I broke the seal finally on that fucking Blu-ray and immediately wanted to put it right back. But I was like, you know what? I got to finish it. I got to end this movie. Got to see if it gets any better. That fucking movie. It just, yeah. So if he does half as well as he did with the Halloween franchise, oh, boy, can't wait for this Exorcist trilogy to come out. After the first one, so. <laughs> you know, Exorcist ends. Pazuzu dies tonight, as we've been saying. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dean, I know you know you're going to be short here because you have to take off. Do you have anything off the top of your head you wanted to talk about with horror news, or do you want me to keep going no, with what I got? I, I, no, 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 no. You don't have to talk off the top of your head. I have a whole agenda here. I'm prepared. I do, I'm too. Not oh, to shit. I, oh, I, shit. I, I am completely prepared. I am not trying to kill some time before I need to go into the theater. Uh, I have everything I I have all things. No, no, no. I actually, I do have some notes, and I don't need to really read because I made sure to write, like, the the neatest writing I've ever written in my life, so I didn't have to look. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but I say, because usually, usually I can't read my writing, but what I can tell you is, what I can tell you is that, yes, uh, the Exorcist film, uh, the next one, or the, the new one, if you will, does come out uh, this Friday, the 6th. And uh, the, early, the early reports are that they're expecting a pretty big uh, opening weekend at the box office. They say that the anticipation is high, uh, that they are expecting a domestic take uh, for the opening weekend, somewhere around 30 to $36 million dollars. Um, hmm. whether that comes to pass or not, we shall see. 
Um, but uh, that is what the the people that make these predictions are saying. See where they end up. All right. What else are we talking about? Uh, you know, I remember uh, on this portion of our program, I had talked about how Universal was going to uh, put out a limited edition uh, 4K box set with all of the Universal original Universal monster movies that was actually supposed to come out uh, yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. But all of the all of the pre-ordering. Uh, links have been taken down, and they said that due to an unexpected packaging issue, uh, the release date for this Universal Monsters limited edition set has been pushed to February, sometime in February of 2024. And limited edition meaning there will only be 5,500 copies uh, of this box set available. Oh, I mean, it was just wow, so that is packaging. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder what that could be. I would put the it's wrong title on You have an issue box. with your package. <laughs> I always have an issue with my package. King has an issue with his package? Oh, shit. I always have one. That's just everyday life for me, man. You might not want to say to our audience, King, if you're using our audience to, to advance your love life, you might want to, might not, want to be, might not want to be announcing this to the, to the masses. No, I've always said it. What are you talking about? I've been no. saying it for years. I've no, his penis, issue, no, his, nice. his, his issue, no, his issues are that he he can't actually package his package. <laughs> Magnums yeah. are too small. I, I, <laughs> no, listen, My, I've said it's a very unimpressive fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what they say. I don't believe it. I just think it's very unimpressive and disgusting to look at. So, yeah, no, I'm not trying to put it out there for any of our female listeners, all one of you. Uh, that I'm just trying to look out there. Leave my mom out of this. <laughs> no, you know what? Your mom's a very nice lady, and I love her beef stew. That's code. She'll know. Is that a, you, hey, is that a euphemism? What's beef stew, Yeah, that's bro? a euphemism. That, Did I you say you? That's just, what, okay. that's just what we like to call it. We like to call it beef stew. She knows. You don't need to know any more than that. No, it just it involves a wooden spoon and, and you know, uh, waffles. I don't want to talk I'm about it anymore. It's kind of weird, but I like it. Well, it does involve parts of my ass. I'm not going to tell you which part, but it's 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 the big one. It's the big one. <laughs> I'm a culo, puppy. I'm a culo. <laughs> too sexy. Too sexy. All right. So moving on from packaging issues with my package. What else do you got, Dean? Uh, it is that time of year once again where this uh, this seems to happen. I will not be taking it in this year, but uh, once again, Cinelife Entertainment Park is partnering with uh, Compass Incorpor- Incorporated and uh, Trancus uh, Entertainment International are teaming up the anniversary of the original Halloween back to 307 different movie theaters across the country. Uh, but not only this, this is going to be a not just a one-film screening, this is going to be a three-film screening because this is going to be a screening of Halloween and then also Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. So if you've been wanting to sit and see three movies in the movie theater at the same time, you can go over to 1978halloween.com to search up where this might be playing in your general vicinity. Wow, triple feature. Wow. Triple feature. That's going to be... 
That's going to be a hot. I wouldn't mind doing that. That'd be fun. Because I haven't seen four and five on the big screen. Saw six, the superior one, the Halloween franchise on the big screen. But <laughs> oh no, here we go. Wait, what a wait. <laughs> oh, the That's the best version. I love the particular cut. It's, a, it's an unexplored <laughs> movie that nobody really understands. <laughs> That's exactly what I sound like too. Man, you know the true story. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Last week, my it. students were asking me. My students were asking me questions about movies last week, and one of them asked me, uh, if, if, "Is there any movie that you've seen uh, that you wish could never have existed?" And I answered to them, "Halloween Six," and then I gave my explanation to them why. <laughs> well, that's just a shame because you know what? You didn't say producers cut, so I still get to keep that. So even if okay, well, I'm not exists, talking I'm about, about you. Yeah. I'm talking about you. The king wins. I still win. It's all right. You know? All right. I didn't realize yeah, this was a competition. No, I just love it. always a competition, so man. But, yep. you know, like, I, I, I think for me, honestly, I think if that was the case, I think I would really go with Jaws 4. You know, this, oh, this, that's, that's got to fucking go. Nothing likable <laughs> about Jaws 4. No, it's just from beginning to end. And, like, my parents have never seen Jaws 4. So a couple of weeks ago when I was over, I showed it to them. They're and so I was like, lucky. guys, oh, why, did you guys do that? I was like, why would you do that to my somebody? Mother, that would be the, dude, you might as well have shown them the fucking Serbian film. <laughs> I don't, my mother I don't, couldn't that's, stop that's, laughing about it. That's, that's, yeah, an, she, an analogy yeah. that works there. That doesn't necessarily yeah, work there. She, uh, you know... I don't know if you remember this, but uh, when they showed Jaws: The Revenge when it was on pay per view, like, like like, and you would uh, when you had your old Pokemon box, uh, you got to watch Jaws: The Revenge, and then at the end it was like, stay tuned for an alternate ending, and then they showed a second <laughs> ending where um, was it Mario Van Peebles? Was that who the actor that yeah. was in that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one, there's Mario, one Van Mario Van Peebles where where he lived at the end. Then it's a version where he dies. Like, it, it's one of oh, the other. Yeah. It's, it's the one where they kill the whole two people in the movie. Oh, three. I'm sorry, <laughs> three. Because, you know, we lose Junior in the fucking beginning. And then fucking, oh you know, some random, random fucking chick on the fucking banana boat float. And, and bye. <laughs> See you later. Because, you know, what what makes a shark movie great except for fucking, you know, definitely not shark attacks. Whatever you do, do not put shark attacks in your shark fucking movie. No. Yeah, but... Yeah, tell the producers uh, of the Meg. No, Meg's actually fun. Sorry. <laughs> I can't Meg, go with that. At Meg's least the good. Meg, they just, but it's too big to actually attack you. It just swallows you whole. Oh, yep. That's my problem with mm-hmm. that. That's, that's kind of what makes the Meg ineffective, uh, you know? It can just swallow you. Trapped. Tell them to put. Tell the producers of Black Demon. Tell them that shit. Because man, was that, oh, was that a fucking that. movie? Yeah, I'm still looking for it. Apparently, I'm not anymore. The demons I get. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, Josh will get. I so. didn't say that. I no, just said it was the movie. I didn't say it sucks. But anyway. Oh well, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. So no, and to go back to the girl's point, they had never seen it. Uh, they thought my my plot synopsis was fucking hilarious. They're like, there's no way that shit happens in the movie. They're like, there's just no. That, that's stupid. Why would they do that? And then they watch it, and they're like, oh, my God. 
That fucking shark left Amity Island and fucking went on a vacation in Barbados to hunt down a fucking family. It had a blood vendetta. Sharks don't do that. I was like, yeah, but it does in Part 4. And and also the the temperature of the waters. And the best quote is Michael Caine, (laughs) who has repeatedly said over the years that he has never seen Jaws the Revenge, but he sees the big estate house that it paid for on many occasions. (laughs) Oh, many fucking occasions. They're like, why does it fucking roar at the end? Why is that fucking guy dying and nobody fucking paying attention? They, somebody would hear him screaming, like, oh, see, nope, because they're fucking singing Christmas carols. They can't hear the fucking guy floundering around in the water. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't, look, let's be real. They wouldn't have fucking heard him. They wouldn't have heard him all the way on the shore, and even if there wasn't bells and Christmas carols going on. There's, you're not hearing that. Um, well, the monkey and I would be outside smoking cigarettes. We'd be fucking drunk smoking cigarettes. Saying, is that guy fucking being eaten by a shark over there? No, not my problem. <laughs> Dude, Just go dude, back in and get, get your camera. Get your, get your camera. Get your camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's one of the Brody brothers. Oh man! Oh, sharks getting revenge. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wrestling tag team, the Brody brothers. <laughs> the Brody brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a triple threat match against a shark. Bloody on the beach. <laughs> nope, that's horrible. But better, better than <laughs> better than Titan versus the shark. That was horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, that was just a shark week fun. But anyway, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, so there's a, a like a supplement and energy drink company called G Fuel. And G yeah. Fuel, uh, they are going to be selling a collector's box of Friday the 13th inspired hack and slash citrus fruit punch energy drink on uh, and it's going to be released on uh, October, has a Friday the 13th, and on Friday the 13th, the collector's box edition of this hack and slash energy drink will be released. It will be available in GNC stores. Uh, it is going to be coming in a 40-serving tub of their powdered energy formula, as well as hmm. a 24-ounce stainless Friday the 13th G Fuel uh, shaker cup. Uh, and you will be able to purchase this for the price of fifty nine ninety nine. Is that all? Forty servings. Well, it's forty, 40 servings. Forty servings. Wow. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, I've so I've had G Fuel before, pump. and it's fucking garbage. <laughs> yep. Well, I would yep. imagine I would imagine that it is. I would imagine that it is. Um, but anyway, you it sounds like it's one of those big like protein looking tubs, and you just take the scoop mm-hmm. and put it in your shaker and shake it up. So 40 servings for 59.99. That is the Friday the 13th inspired hack and slash citrus fruit punch energy drink. Citrus fruit <laughs> punch energy drink. And they will put fucking IPs in anything these days. It's fucking great. I saw a uh, Chucky one the other day when I was in FYE. They have a fucking G Fuel Chucky one. I was like, oh, they will put well, stuff on anything these days. Well, how about that? And I'm glad you brought up Chucky King because the next thing I wanted to say cool. is, uh, not only is uh, season three of the Chucky series uh, debuting, I think maybe even tonight, uh, yep, but, tonight. or maybe last night, tonight, uh, there is going to be, continuing a recent trend, there is going to be a uh, Chucky board game coming from Trick or Treat Studios. Uh, it's Ooh. expected to ship on January 31st of 2024. Uh, pre-orders are available. It's fifty nine ninety five. Uh, this is officially licensed a dice-style board game, uh, recommended ages 14 and up, 
Uh, it says two to four players can play at once, and the expected length of time for the game is about 60 minutes. And th- this is, uh, like I said, a recent trend with board games uh, based on Jaws, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Halloween, Halloween 2, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems that as all of these move, horror movies try to continue to find income streams, it seems that the board game uh, has become a um, a popular item uh, to get out there. Yeah, I'd love to play them, but every time I try to, I fall asleep while the monkey explains how to play. Can't do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get <laughs> real tired. I'll tell That's, you what, that, that... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. King, get, real low, big guy. King, all you need to do, King, is get yourself some hack and slash citrus fruit punch energy no. drink on, on Friday the thirteenth, and then you'll be all perked up and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, get some of that forty servings. Just stick it down my <laughs> fucking throat and be like, all right, explain to me the fifty pages of rules that we have to go through so we can play for an hour. There you go. <laughs> but why, I don't know why those games have some fucking rules, but they do. Halfway through, it's been 45 minutes. Can we play it? No, I haven't explained. We'll nope. read. <laughs> That's why I don't choose the heavies for you, man. Like, I, I choose the light stuff, okay? We, we, you have never even played a heavy Euro, okay? Because I'm the no. same way where it's like, I don't, I don't want to spend an hour explaining how to play so that we can just spend an hour and a half play, to three hours playing this game. I, I give you the light stuff, and we just go into it. And then when we go yeah. super light, then you bitch about your fingers are too big for Jenga. <laughs> they are. It's not my fault. I got fat fucking fingers. It's called goddamn genetics, and I can't play fucking simple games with the fucking slender man over there with his fucking fingers. Where he's like, look at me. I'm playing Jenga and poking on all the pieces. I'm like, God damn it. I, I fucking tuck a piece, and the whole fucking whole thing falls apart. I'm like, fuck this. I can't play games with my fucking fingers are included. Unless it's like fucking diddling somebody's bean, I can't fucking do it. Can't fucking yeah, play. Yeah, which is, but I mean, which is why we play ga- how, games like Gloom well, and New Hunter. I mean, obviously, you're not a you're not a tender touch when it comes to that flicking that bean, huh? I'm guessing it's just more of like, no. hey, I'm just gonna shove my finger on that vagina and I'm gonna hit something somewhere. He's like oh, a speed bag with it. Eating cupcakes, that's how I am. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> you see a fat kid going after a cake on his birthday? That's exactly how I am. Don't care about frosting all over my face. Don't care who gets hit with the fucking projectile. I'm fucking going for it. <laughs> the king's a hungry boy. <laughs> I'll say that. But. All right, dude. From board games to what? What else are we talking about, Dean? So you might remember uh, last year around this time, the Tombstone Frozen Pizza Company ran a contest where uh, if you lived on an Elm Street somewhere in the United States, you could enter for the opportunity to win pizza and prizes. Uh, Tombstone Frozen Pizza Company is back again this Halloween season. But even though it's the Halloween season, uh, they are celebrating Friday the 13th. And uh, they're offering people with either the name Jason, Pamela, or Crystal uh, the opportunity to win free pizza or a spooky weekend trip. Uh, details about the spooky weekend trip have not yet been released, uh, but you can Uh-oh. enter now <laughs> at Tombstone at the Tombstone website if your name is Jason, Pamela, or Crystal. 
uh, you can enter this contest at the Tombstone website at this time. That's cool, hey guys. If you're out there listening, if you have one of those names, uh, enter. I mean, I, I find it a little bit weird that it's a spooky fucking getaway and they don't tell you where. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if I would That's why it's spooky. That <laughs> you know, if you just see a van pull up and I'm behind the driver's wheel, just fucking keep on walking. Hey, you guys Crystal won the uh, fucking Tombstone weekend? Crystal and Pamela? No, those aren't good enough. Well, Crystal Crystal's a stripper name. I guess. Yeah, I mean, back in one. the 80s, maybe. Now they got names like Sapphire. You know, Sapphire and Velvet. Like, they had, Crystals went out with the 80s. I feel like well, back in the 90s, there was probably yeah. a lot of Crystals. Wouldn't a Sapphire be like, a type of Crystal? No. In the 90s, it started to switch over to locations. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, chicks, chicks, chicks with names from places. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Please welcome to the stage, Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> wow, check her out, boys. Coming up next, Boss Cobbs. Please welcome Boss Cobb to the stage. <laughs> Hi, boys. Names of places. Do you want to get a dance from Kmart? Well, all right, talking to people, the time has come. Oh, there it is. We have reached that time, so I bid you all an enjoyable rest of show, and I'm going to walk on over to the theater to take in the exorcist on the big screen. Have a Enjoy. great time, dude. Enjoy. Right. Good evening. Oh, do you want to um, know my pick for next week? It'd be nice. Yes. All right. Uh, my pick for next week you will find on the uh, Netflix streaming service. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one that comes from the year... Great. <laughs> let me just get over it here real quick. Uh, it comes from the year 2020, and it is called Don't Listen. What? I didn't hear you. Don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, we weren't listening, <laughs> uh, it, Don't listen. Okay, all right. Well, hey. So enough, okay, so enjoy... Don't listen from 2020, but please listen to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Right. Have fun. <laughs> All right. Adios. All right. So, yeah, you know, you're right, Monkey. A lot of, like, I don't know if it was, like, fucking places, like, but I do remember back in, like, no, the... I, no, I meant places yeah. as in, like, names of cities and stuff like that. No, you I'm know, just like, talking about. You know, yeah, there was, like, I've met a couple of Denver's. <laughs> there was a couple of Atlanta's. Yeah. I know that. Like, a, yeah, I mean, like yeah. Tallahassee and shit like that. <laughs> Savannah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Tallahassee. You know, there was a zombie land? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, okay, Tallahassee coming to the stage. You know, there was, there was a couple. Yeah. yeah, there was, the you know, Miami Mommy was another one that I remember, you know, Club 516, you know. Wasn't exactly a strip club. It was kind of like a go-go place, but, you know. Don't go there during the day. That's all I could say. I've made that mistake a couple of times, but when you're desperate, you'll go. As I found out, you don't want to go with the B squad. You want to go at night and get the A squad. 
yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't 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 get the lunch squad. Offensive kid, you know the ladies are ladies. They're all working hard out there. So whether you're working the strip club during the day or you're working it at night, we do appreciate all that hard work that you're putting in there. Don't listen to the kids. I'm not saying I mind that. I'm not saying I mind that. It's just I kind of get weirded out when your kids running around asking me if I'm their dad. Like, isn't there a fucking playpen back there? Like, I don't know. I think they're all beautiful. I think that, you know, all of them are just great. But, yeah, when your kid's, like, bouncing a ball against your leg when you're trying to get a lap dance, it's kind of weird. Like, you don't want to make eye contact. But at the same time, you can't fucking it because they're all right. But, like, one more I mean, song and I'm out of here. So what? They don't have teeth, okay? And who cares if they can smoke a cigarette with their vagina, okay? They need to pay their rent, too. That's just the trick. I mean, if you could find one that could smoke a cigarette with their vagina, I mean, that's like Friday night, 9 o'clock material. That's like they're going to put on the fucking poison. Yeah, no. I I saw it. I I was 16 years old, bro, and it fucking scarred me for life. It wouldn't have scarred me. It would probably just turn into like a weird kink I'd have to figure out later in life. Fuck that noise. You know what, man? Here I was, 16-year-old kid, young as hell, enjoying the fucking, you know, enjoying the fact that the guy that I was working with that day happened to live down the block from the fucking strip club. And uh, and he's like, hey, let's, let's, let's pop on in and, uh, you know, we'll grab a beer or whatever it is. And, again, 16-year-old me is like, fuck yeah, we will. You know, so 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 walk on in, and Bob says whatever to to whoever, and there's no no problems, no questions asked, or anything like that. And uh, and and there on the stage before me was, you know, I don't know. My my memory is that of like a leathery old lady that could have been in her <laughs> like fifties or sixties, but I'm sure that was, that. that's I'm sure. I, but I'm sure, you know, this is in Tom's River. It's now a Delilah's Den, but it used to be like a, oh, I, I forget yeah. the name of it. It was like just some like little rinky-dink fucking shit shack, you know, on Route 9. Yeah, and, yeah uh, it was like Lace or something like that. I remember that place. And, and, and the reality is maybe she was like in, again, her late 40s, you know what I mean? But to me, at 16 <laughs> years old, she's fucking old. And she sounds like one of fucking, you know, Marge Simpson's sisters. And she's just like... You know, gyrating around with her saggy skin and doing her fucking thing. And then she's like, want to wanna see a trick? And I'm like, uh-huh. And then on the stage, she takes her fucking cigarette and just sticks it down by her vagina and puff, puff, poof. And it was like, uh-huh. And, and like, I'll never forget it because the next thing she said to me was, do you want it? She goes, do you want to see me make it wink? And I'm just like, oh, get me the fuck out of here. I'm done. I'm done. Bob's like, oh, the is good. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind, Bob. Goodbye. <laughs> do you want to see, like, a make it wink? Oh, yep. That would have started for a while. No winks necessary. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Just, that would be a prerequisite before I go to bed with anybody. Listen, you're very hot. I really, I can't wait to have sex with you, but please, just, it doesn't wink, right? No. Ew, why would it? Okay, good. Okay, we can proceed. All right. All right. We're fine. Look at it. You don't smoke, do you? Look at all, look at all like the fucking star, star like pit from Jedi. 
Whoa, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. Oh my God, it's tentacles like the fucking, like the special edition version of it, where like tentacles started coming up and shit like that, bro. <laughs> the, fucking the dude world fucking popping out of that fucking thing, dude. <laughs> I will ride this. <laughs> Hey, you want me to hear you make it talk? I can make it talk for you. Hi, Keith. How are you? Oh, hi. Oh, God. Oh, how are you throwing your voice like that? Oh, <laughs> Throw your voice. Impress your friends. <laughs> With the talking vagina Echo. from Mattel. Echoes of the last guy she fucking swallowed in it, you know? <laughs> Just see a pinky ring sticking out. Oh, God. What is that? <laughs> Ah! <laughs> hey, dead? kill Bull! Oh, no. <laughs> That's where Bobby went. I knew he wasn't missing. He just got swallowed by her massive <laughs> vagina. That wing could swallow cigarettes. Here, from inside. And Jerry, get my shine back. He took a damn shame. Just, man, you just see her sitting outside on her break. She takes one puff for herself and one puff for her pussy. Like, oh, like, um, like, what brand does it smoke? Oh, no, it's Newport. Oh, at least it's minty down there. <laughs> nice menthol smell every, every day, every day it's like Christmas. No. Uh, God, it smells like Christmas morning. Because <laughs> of the mint or the pine. Talk about it. Smells like a fucking... Smells like a black ice car freshener. <laughs> oh. yeah, it's just like the back of a Lincoln Continental. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that fucking conquers it is considered the Muad'Dib, you know? <laughs> King does not know what that but, is because he has never seen Dune. <laughs> no, I don't. Nope. Sure didn't. So, That's the one so with the, uh, the water. We're gonna pick it for you. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the one with the the fucking water, it's right? The wa- like, we don't have any water. Hey. We have spice. It's, like, it's ah, the one like David the Lynch movie he hasn't seen. <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah, oh, we no, like that, the spice. We like the spice. No, 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 no. Listen, as much as I would love to watch the 80s version, if we're going to show the king anything, we do have to show him, like, the newest edition, which is only one no! part. He'll never, he'll, never, uh. he'll never know what actually happens in the film or <laughs> what the fucking, like, you know, because there's no fucking wrapping anything up in that movie. We can't wait for part two to come out finally because I think that it'll be great. Oh, that feels like a three-hour movie. Oh, well, it's close. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like an entire fucking weekend. Yeah. Oh, we love you, too. We love you. We love you. It's a horror. The amount of fucking <laughs> notes that I would... There's some scary-looking fucking oh. notes. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, the fucking... The narration's going to be fucking wild if we do that, because I'm going to have no idea what the fuck's going on. All right, so this fucking guy, he's walking around, and he's just like, hey, fucking whatever, man. And he's got tubes sticking <laughs> out of his nose for some reason. <laughs> then they're fucking talking about water for like an hour. Like, <laughs> I don't know what and the this fuck is, is why I didn't see a single <laughs> dune in this movie. <laughs> and this is why I will never pick Blade Runner for this show. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> as much as I love this movie, I'm not going to have the king going on going, I have no idea what the fuck was going on. 
I think the king would love Blade Runner, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Is there anybody I'm, I'm running not, with a blade? I'm not even joking about that. I actually think you, I honestly think you would love Blade Runner. Enough to where I have hmm. considered picking it before. It's it's, it's been enough. It's, yeah, I mean, come I, on, you got a great Rucker Hour fucking performance. I mean, there is some really, there is some really effective shit that go on in that that goes on in that movie. Yeah, but it's just I. At the same time, though, King does not like science fiction in any way, shape, or form. You know, and he would just be you know sitting there, arms crossed, going ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, would say that yeah. it didn't have depth to it, and that's the one thing that the king does have. He might not like science fiction, but the king does like depth. You know, so yeah, I, do. I yeah. think you know. It's true. Uh, yeah, I, I think he would see through certain things and, and find an enjoyment within it. You know, I think Blade Runner kind of kind of works a little bit better than a lot of other science fiction things. It's not Star Wars. It's not Star Trek. It's, it's something more. No. Oh no! Yeah, it's, like oh Hall. man. Oh, it, yeah, it's a, just a beautiful piece of sci-fi noir. Oh, it really is. <laughs> and, I, and I like noir, so I don't know. I might enjoy it because I do like the noir movies from, like, the you know, the 50s. Like, a lot of those detective pulp movies, I like those. So I might actually enjoy Blade Runner. Hmm. Well, you know, cool. You said you might make it a pick, so we'll, we'll probably have to discuss it one day. I know they made a sequel, so maybe I'll even enjoy the sequel, the 2049, whatever it was called. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about I don't know about the monkey on that one, but I actually do like it. But you know, like my my reasoning behind that is kind of twofold. One, like, do I like Ryan Gosling? Yeah, there's something about the kid that I kind of like. Just enjoy. I, I enjoy his performances. But 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 realistically, man, Ana de Armas is so hot in that movie that like. Yeah, I could I could just watch her as Joy all fucking all all night. Like I, I could use a Joy in in my house. Like that would be great. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, she was great in that Marilyn movie that she did. I don't know if you ever saw that one about Marilyn Monroe. That was fun. Uh, no, no, movie. I have not. I, I heard mixed things about it, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so 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 I have not seen that one yet. <clears throat> it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. Um, but it, I enjoyed it. I mean, I know people are like, oh, that fucking, you know, movie is so fucking stupid and weird. No, I, End of the Armist is fucking hot. That's all you need to know. <laughs> you know, and Sarah Paxton, she's pretty hot, too. So, quite a new enjoy. So, you know, check it out when you have one of these uh, times. But, yeah, um, and I was completely off track. So I was going to say something before we get into the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the Ooh, things I didn't talk about is... Uh, crazy? Yeah. That... Uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring up a case that Dean didn't have a lot to talk about, but Toy Fair happened recently where they released all their action figures and things like that. I mean, they have massive properties like the Exorcist coming out with a, a cool figure of Regan. Uh, Day of the Dead, Romero's Day of the Dead is going to be getting some action figures. But the coolest thing that I saw was that they're going to be recreating the dinner sequence from Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the table, chairs, Grandpa, Leatherface, the Hitchhiker, the Cook, and Sally. Uh, the set looks fucking amazing, but there's a catch to it. The table, Grandpa, the chairs, and Sally, they'll come together in a bundle. You have to buy Leatherface, the cook, and the hitchhiker separately. So oh. why they're not putting them all together, I don't know, but they're fucking making you work for it. If you want to get that whole complete set, which I do. So I'm going to be looking oh, at how I can get it. Oh, about the money. Yeah, yeah God, I can't wait to fucking see how much oh, you're going to be charging. Pad, but, you know? Yep. The table alone, fucking Grandpa and Sally, is probably going to be at least 100 bucks. So 
you know, we'll see what the, I mean, that's at least a hundred dollars. So we'll see, you know, but yeah. Did, the, didn't the you say like trick or treats putting that one out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're putting out all of them that I talked about the exorcist one, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, day of the dead. Uh, they're going to be coming out with a John Carver figure from Thanksgiving and also a Vincent Price figure for the first time ever. Vincent Price is getting his own action figure. Um, and NECA oh. is coming out with, uh, my bloody Valentine Ultimate Minor figure, which I'm gonna have to pick up when they come out with it. So, I was like, "Holy shit!" They're oh, they're finally film. putting out an Ultimate figure again. It's only taken yeah, them, like finally doing three it. years. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were working. There was more announcements. I just forget what the other ones were, but I know that uh, my bloody Valentine is definitely one of them. I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking cool," you know. But uh, it looked like a cool sculpt, you know. So I'm looking forward to seeing when it comes out. But so that's. Bunch of toy news. Like I said, Vincent Price is coming out with the figures. So that's going to be fun. John Carver and Texas Chains. It's a toy uh, fair. Most a lot. Of, there's going to be brand new Killer Clowns figures coming out, which are actually sculpted, um, which actually look really fucking decent. I know uh, the Monkey and I are against cloth figures. Um, yep. So a lot of cool stuff in Twitter. <clears throat> but with that being said, I want to get into the movie for tonight. 2022 is Pray for the Devil, directed by Daniel Stamm. This is the Ghoul Geek Keith film pick of the week. So Ghoul. Give us a synopsis, what you thought about it. Let's talk about the devil. So, hey, there's, like, exorcisms that happen in this in this <laughs> alternative world. Uh, <laughs> nah, you know what, that, that, that's really simple. Uh, listen, I mean, this, this is a movie that's set in, I guess, some kind of, like, alternative reality, even though they really don't explain that to you. Uh, in, in this reality, no. I guess... Ex- you know, I guess uh, demonic possession is, is, is a regular thing, and it's it's somewhat believed... Uh, by all society, and as such, you know, uh, the, the the governmental religious bodies have, have reopened a exorcism school to to aid in taking care uh, of these things. Um, in this particular movie, uh, we have a, a a female lead who is, uh, you know, I guess I guess in, in, in the likes of all the, the the Me Too type of stuff, she is going to become the uh, the first female uh exorcist uh you know i uh I, this was one of those where i really just wasn't sure what i was going to pick and because uh, i have like a thousand and one different streaming services and stuff available we've got the exorcist believer coming out you know tomorrow which which i will be going to go see um you know i kind of felt like hey let's uh let's do some kind of uh exorcism type of, of, of film um you know my, my thoughts and feelings on this one in particular yeah, you know, I know this is a PG-13 movie, but I kind of had, like, maybe higher hopes for, for what it could be. Um, you know, like, some of the cast members I, I, I know from other things, and I feel like, you know, overall, like, this, this movie would have actually benefited from a, uh, maybe a, a bit longer of a runtime and maybe just a little more story. You know, like, uh, it, it feels like it's – it feels almost like a short film that ended up getting, like, lengthened. Because they were just like, oh, hey, we've got to extend scenes to, like, make this hit a certain amount of time. Um, but, but aside from that, like, it, it was okay. Like, I didn't hate the film, but, like, it, this isn't something I'll ever revisit again. You know, by the time this was done, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, for, for exorcism films and streaming services, I could have picked the Pope's exorcist, you know? And then at least I would have gotten Fat Russell Crowe. But I, I didn't think of that last week, so <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. What about you guys? What, what did you guys think? Monkey? Uh, all right. This is my third time watching this movie. <laughs> I Ouch, remember being skeptical. 
No, (laughs) yeah, I I remember being skeptical and yet hopeful when the trailer first dropped for this thing when we talked about it on the show. Um, And while I'm not a fan of exorcism slash haunted people, like haunted house kind of movies, this movie was, to me, a nice mashup of like X-Men School for Gifted Youngsters meets John Wick. You know, it's like, plus you have Carl Salmon in the movie, like, you know, just the dude who's acting, I really enjoy, you know, whether he was in Teen Eddie Resident. Yeah, like, you, you know, because I... As soon as I saw him, I was so fucking happy. I'm like, man, this is like one of those guys who turns up in something, and I'm thrilled about it every time. I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you, though, man, because um, I first uh, came across his acting when he was on Keen Eddie, and then Resident Evil, Mortal Engines. Like, I even fucking, like, will happily sit through Dinotopia to watch him act. You know? <laughs> My only qualm I had about this movie was I enjoyed it. Like, I, you know, really did. But, the, like, the film had so much story to tell and not enough time to tell it. Like, I would have really, really liked to have seen a lot more classroom time. Time where um, our main character, she was having to prove herself in the class to her peers, you know, to herself, you know, to to the teacher, despite all the presumptions of women having specific places in the Catholic Church, and them slowly coming to a scepter as a force to be reckoned with in the ways of exorcism. Uh, like, I also would have liked them, like, learning that, like, and more in the classroom of them, like, learning the history of exorcisms and special techniques and relics of the Church, you know, this could have been, like, honestly, like, I think this could have been like a really cool six-part miniseries if they spent the same amount of money on production values for each episode like they did for this movie. And plus, I really enjoyed the ending that we got, and they could easily t- turn this into a series of films. Overall, like this is, you know, I thought it was a very fast-paced film, though, with, but with some still really cool special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw this movie in theaters when it came out back in 2022 because I'm a fan of Daniel Stam, the director, because he did a movie um, back in 2014 called The Last Exorcism, which was a religious-based horror movie, and it was a found footage movie. Um, but I just found it to be a lot of fun because I'm a sucker for found footage movies. I'm a sucker for religious horror movies. So it kind of hit all the right notes for me. And I was kind of hoping it would be the same thing with uh, Pray for the Devil. But for me, I kind of felt like Pray for the Devil, it had a lot of great concepts, but it just kind of fell short when you hit the third act. And then it, it, it it's kind of like, oh, we're going to become like one of these horror movies where the person's possessed and, you know, the, the ending itself, I thought, was really just unnecessary. But, you know, they want to leave it on, I guess, you know, a, a certain note. But, you know, overall, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I mean, like I said, it had a lot of good notes and a lot of good things that it wanted to say, um, especially about, like, the ghoul was saying about women and exorcisms, but also about how treating the patient that's possessed kind of like a person, but also treating the demon as what it is. And it has a lot to do with shame and a lot to do with guilt. And that's why you let demons in. So, you know, it, it was kind of interesting. But overall, like, it just kind of fell flat for me. I think it could have been a lot shorter. But, you know, like I said, there could have been a lot more they could have done. Um, 
overall. But let's get to it. Um, so the movie opens well, with see, a young girl named Annie. So, like, I'm sorry, ahead, I'm I'm sorry. sorry yeah. before we go into the full narration on it. Like, I just want to kind of, like, kind of go on with, like, what Monkey was saying with it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I forget what the, what, the, what the term is. But they, uh, is it maybe a Mary Sue? Um, I think that, that's, like, what the, the, the latest thing is. They, they say that that's what Ray is in the uh, Star Wars uh, the, 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 the later trilogy. Um, I could totally be using the wrong term there, but I'm pretty sure she's just, that's what they call it. It's, it's a Mary Sue. And what they mean by that is, it's like, the, the, the character can do no wrong. She's just all of a sudden like, hey, I was just once this, and now I'm a great Jedi, and I'm going to go toe-to-toe with somebody that's been completely trained with lightsabers and be able to, you know, maybe not defeat them, but I can hold my own. And I feel like in this film, we kind of get like a lead actress here, you know, a lead character. And again, it's not the actress. Mm-hmm. She's just working with yeah. what's given to her. Like, she's a fucking right. Mary Sue. Like, right off the rip, like, you know what I mean? Like, we're introduced to her, and, well, she's special, but we don't know why she's special. She's different. Well, we don't really know why she's different. She seems to know all these things, except she's not supposed to be learning any of these things. Like, I think if they would have taken the time to, yes, show us her working her ass off, showing her, like, as somebody that is striving to be different. Why is she different? Why is she special? Like, give us all of these things. Build this as a character. Make this a character that we really want to care about, that we really want to see, because you know what? This way, by the, by the time this movie reaches its end and it reaches its climax, we actually really care about her. You know, because as it stands, it's like, okay, well, I know you're abused because we're going to get that at the beginning, but you think your mom might have been possessed. But that's only because, you know, you're telling <laughs> us that she used to hear voices. You know, like this, this movie plays out, like I don't know if either of you guys, I'm sure the king has seen it. There's a TV series uh, that was on uh, on Paramount called Evil. Um, yes, yeah, so, so. In which no. it in which it deals with, like, demonic-style possession. But what they do is is they, mm-hmm. they kind of take a different approach with it. What you have is you have it's a three-person team. One of them is a guy that was training to be a priest. He's the believer. The other guy is a science guy. He's the skeptic. And the third person is a clinical psychologist who's there to kind of determine whether or not maybe the person that they're dealing with is mentally ill. And I feel like this movie is kind of playing on a very similar thing because here we have, you know, we have, we have our, our, our woman who's going to be our, our psychologist who kind of comes and goes. We never really get any kind of like, like if this movie was plotted right, she would have been a villain, right? Like I'm not wrong there. Like did you guys ever, at any point think to yourselves like, hey, we have, like, I forget the actress's name, but she's the girl from fucking, uh, you know, uh, Candyman. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like Virginia she Madison. should have been a villain. Yeah, Virginia Madsen. You know what I mean? Like, if you're bringing her in, you're going to bring her into certain plot points. You're going to kind of show her. She's going to get involved. But essentially, by the end of this film, she's just like, she's like a Miyagi. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, oh, Daniel-san, your, your, your best exorcism not let out yet. You know, now time to set free. <laughs> and, and you will conquer <laughs> demons. And it was like, it just, it, 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 like I said, there were so many different things where I was just like, man, you could just take this in so many ways. But sorry, yes, let, let's let's narrate the fuck out of this thing. Let's do it. I'm <laughs> so, right. So we open up with uh, a young girl named Anne praying in her bedroom. There's a knock at her door, and it's her mom asking to come in. Anne is clearly not okay as her mom demands to be let into her bedroom rattling the doorknob and banging her head against the door. 
We suddenly hear the door crash open and Annie screams. We then cut to Anne now being a young woman, and she's now Sister Anne. She's in a session with Dr. Peters, who is asking her about her schizophrenic mother, and Dr. Peters reminds her that these sessions are mandatory through where she is in the church. And then we cut to a flashback where her mom was hurting her using a comb and saying that these voices inside of her is making her do this, making her abuse Anne. And Anne doesn't believe that her mom is an abusive parent. She was possessed. We then get a history lesson about the Vatican setting up a school for exorcism way back in 1835 A.D. In 2018, demonic possessions are running fucking wild, so the Vatican decides to open up schools outside of Rome for the very first time. Also, nuns only serve in a nursing capacity, and they can never fucking be an exorcist. Keep this in mind, because we're going to go back to it a few times. So we cut to St. Michael the Archangel's School of Exorcism in Boston, Massachusetts. It's a rainy day. Anne shows up at the school in her street clothes, no less, and that's where we meet Father Quinn as he speaks to a class of all men, underline, underline, all men, about how we are not more sinful today than we were in the past. He acknowledges Sister Anne in the hall as he walks with the students into a classroom, speaking about how there's more possessions being reported today than ever before. Sister Anne takes a look inside, and she's like, look at all these fucking guys. I could be the best goddamn exorcist they've ever seen, but I have a vagina. So it sucks, you know, she's not born with a penis. Um, so we cut to Dr. Peters teaching a class, and the topic is about the Catholic Church torturing and killing thousands of so-called heretics. Anne is in this class as well, now in her nun outfit, or clothing, outfit, costume, whatever you want to call it. They wear funny clothes. Uh, Dr. Peter makes the claim that these heretics were victims of psychological disorders. Have it. But Sister Anne is like, no fucking way. These people are possessed. And she's like, Nah, dude, they were fucking psychologically damaged. You got tortured by the fucking Catholic Church. So, obviously, they have a little bit of a disagreement about this. So, Dr. Peters goes on to say that any people that believe to be possessed in this day and age must undergo an in-depth physical and psychological evaluation before they can get an exorcism. Later, Anne is seen pushing a cart down a long hallway where video screens are placed outside the doors so you can see the patients inside of them. And that's when Anne enters the room and an older man in court and she brings him some food to feed him. He likes applesauce because he smiles when she feeds him, so she'll have to remember that. Oh. Uh, she also enters the room of a young girl named Natalie. Dr. Peters is there speaking with two priests. Natalie's mom believes her daughter is possessed. Dr. Peters disagrees. That's when we see Natalie and Anne. They seem to bond pretty quickly. Natalie hands her a picture of a dog, which she called the train. Uh, that's not true because it's got a fucking tail, and she's like, what the fuck do you know? I'm creative because Dog Anne train. apparently was never allowed to have a childhood. So, Night um, train. Her mom was, <laughs> so Anne's mom wasn't the best when it comes to combing hair, as we find out, because she's fucking violent as fuck, and we'll find out why later. Uh, but Anne, in her room that night, decides to close a window as a rainstorm rolls in, and we see Natalie's reflection in the glass. She turns and notices a shadow under her door. When she goes to investigate, there's no one there. So is what's happening. Is it the fucking exorcist coming to tell her that she can't be a part of their men's club? I don't know. So <laughs> we'll find out because it's just a weed detective. So anyway, the next day, Anne is back in the habit, literally got it, nailed it. She's heading back down the hallway of where the possessed patients are, and here's her mom calling her name as well as a baby crying. Anne decides to ignore this when Natalie appears in the hallway. 
She somehow got out of her room, which doesn't seem likely because it's impossible, but she decides to tell Anne that she doesn't like her room. She just doesn't want to be there. And then she gives Anne a piece of candy and goes on at length about nougat and all about candies having families. And Anne's like, wow, yeah. that's fucking interesting. It's really not. I don't know kids. how she did it, but, you know, she's a kid. Kids, <laughs> yeah. kids they it's, do this shit it's all like the time. the fucking uh, the Jerry Maguire kid. Wow, you complete me. <laughs> so, yeah, like the fucking kid was like, you know a human head weighs eight pounds? No, I didn't. Thanks for telling me, kid. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, you know, listen, she she didn't know what nougat was, to, to, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, what, what we don't know, what we'll never find out, I guess, is how the kid got out of the room. No, we never know that. We clearly don't as an audience. Um, so, Anne continues like, again, to hear like, him whisper. Like, listen, I don't need yeah. to know everything for, like, a film or anything like that, right? But, like, this is one of those movies in which that should be part of the mystery. These kids, like, you know, all of these patients are locked in with, like, keypads and electronic shit. They've got surveillance. We're going to see surveillance footage used later. So, like, why it's not brought up, like, hey, you know, by any chance, do you guys understand, like, how she might have gotten out? And then, like, there'll be surveillance footage of, like, you know, something, and it looks like she walks through the door. And glitchy and shit. She, and glitchy shit happens, <laughs> and all of a sudden she's outside the door. And people go, hmm, that's weird. And you could just leave it at that. But at least it's something to fucking, like, bring up a detail that, like, just gets completely glossed over as... Oh, well, I guess she just walked out the fucking electronically locked door somehow. You know, never mind you that she's fucking supposedly possessed, because that should be a problem. You're holding her hostage because you think she's fucking possessed. If she can walk out of the room at any given time, that's a problem. That now makes the entire fucking facility, that makes the whole facility a problem. Anybody could then therefore be infected. Like, this is all stuff that should be in this movie. There should be paranoia everywhere. It's a school for fucking exorcisms. Everybody should be bugging the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, the because, the entire, because the entire environment is now compromised. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. <laughs> and, but I and we are officially because of Because of the actual, like, the subject matter... I would think the environment could possibly always be compromised. And that's something that the priests should always be pushing on. They should always be on edge about it. Everybody in there, all of the senior people should always be like, hey, we don't know because these are fucking demons. They're, they're going to play on things. They're going to try to infiltrate. Like part of the reason why maybe we don't want women is because obviously besides like archaic shit, like, you know, which kind of gets like, somewhat mentioned but really like glossed over but like you know as as to why they don't have women do it but it's like you know like like listen these are all little things that they could have done just to kind of better flesh out this 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 world that we're 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 creating here this world that we live in because it's not the world that we actually live in you know what i mean like i don't know i I haven't heard lately that like exorcisms have been fucking asked for more recently and that people think that more people are possessed than ever i think there's plenty of assholes in this world but you know that that's because we all know what side they're on which is both but you know that that's neither here nor there (laughs) 
I mean, who knows? Maybe people could just be dropping these people off because they just don't feel like caring about them anymore. Like fucking Clark. Like, you know, what if his fucking kids were like, you know what? I don't feel like fucking taking care of grandpa anymore. Let's fucking dump him off at this fucking church. Be like, he's spooky possessed. Ooh. And then they're he's like, he's crazy oh, possessed. Shit. Yeah. Like, and, it's, it's, fucking, and it's cheaper than an old folks home. I my grandfather was schizophrenic, okay, and like you know, he would mm-hmm. have episodes in which he would have these 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 mental breakdowns, you know, in which you know, I mean, listen, you know, as a family, we can like laugh about these kind of things and everything, but there was a period of time where he thought he was like Batman, and he would like run around Brooklyn like dressed up, like not in an actual Batman outfit, but in an outfit that he thought made him look like Batman, complete with, like, a cape and everything, you know, and he'd ride around on his bicycle. But this was because mentally he was not there. But, like, I could see where, like, this kind of stuff would therefore... Like, I, I always enjoy when they, they make that play, like in the Evil Dead remake, where they kind of made it where Mia, is she just going through withdrawals or is she possessed? You know, like I like when that dichotomy is there, and, and, and I would have liked to have seen that kind of stuff because they kept mentioning it. They bring it, they put Virginia Madsen in here to kind of like be somebody that will play on that. But again, these are all things that like never – never get explored. They get whispered about, they get mentioned, but then they were like, eh, we're not going to actually use any of that. Why Why do that? That makes this a movie. Well, they also didn't, you know, with the hospital in general, they didn't actually, you know, really get into is the entire hospital a lockdown for pot- potential exorcism, I mean, exorcism cases, or is this just a Catholic hospital where it's possibly mixed crowd? Yeah, they don't really do a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. But I, I took it as well. Again, being that it's a school specifically for exorcisms, I took it as all the patients there are there because their families, their family members, believe them to possibly be possessed. Now, I think part of the school and part of their job there is to ultimately determine whether or not it's an actual possession or if it's somebody with a mental illness. And that's where they'll bring up things like that person gets sent to the Vatican because they're a a terminal case. So in other words, they either are not mentally ill and can't be like healed or their possession is so far along that they couldn't be healed and therefore they send them to the next level. Yeah. Like I don't think it's a regular hospital. No, it's definitely not. And that's why I said this movie does have some good ideas. Like, it does have some good themes about, like, what happens to people that are, are feeling like they're possessed. And ten times out of ten, they're dead, you know, and they've had their spleen removed and their fucking medical cases. And they're just killed because, you know, well, we don't know what to do, you know. But like I said, it's just it's something that they kind of explore, but then they're like, eh, it's not really that important because we have to get to the fucking possession scene. So, you know, anyway, so um, and. Uh, after she's in the hallway, she goes and hears a woman shouting in Bulgarian, and she comes across the class that Father Quinn is hosting, and we see on the screen there's a woman's face, and we hear the tape recording, and it turns out that it's a possessed woman. Uh, she's being given an exorcism. And then Anne decides she's going to slip uh, into this class unnoticed and sits down next to a handsome priest that we'll find out is Father Dante, who she had noticed earlier. So Father He Quinn wasn't even supposed to be possessed. here today. Not that Dante. Uh, <laughs> so Father Quinn uh, talks about the possessed girl Elena and how she died. I know Dante yeah. for mm-hmm. thirteen reasons why, which is funny. This is Tony. 
from 13 Reasons Why. So, like, I kept oh, looking at okay. it, and I'm like, I know, I know this motherfucker from somewhere, and that, that's actually where. Tony, Tony, Tony. Mm-hmm. Broken characters. <laughs> it was fun. I feel like they're Sorry. all broken on that show. Oh, fucking please, man. Again, I still have not, you know what? I still have never picked it up from, like, whatever few episodes into the second season I made it. Because, like, I know the Dean told me that, like, oh, you know, like, from the second season on, it just becomes kind of, like, like more of, like, the teen type of, of stuff that I do enjoy watching. But I found that first season just to be so fucking emotionally traumatic and so, like, emotionally strong that it, like, fucked me up. And I don't want to see that, like, get ruined by getting it turned into, like, a regular teen fucking drama series. Like, I really loved the impact of that first fucking season. I was a big, weepy fucking mess. I was like a ball of fucking waterworks. Like, I can't, I have no fucking shame. I was swollen, crying, fucking, like, straight up, like, like sobbing. Like, oh, 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 fucking type of shit, man. Well, at least we know it had an impact on you. <laughs> and that's seems. important. You know, shows Suicide that. is no joke, people. Watch. Look out for your people. Mm-hmm. So, um, Father Quinn is talking about the possessed girl from the tape, Elena, and how she died before she could be saved from her demonic possession. Later, Annie goes to the library to listen to the Elena tape and take notes. She picks up on some Bulgarian words and has them translated into English. One word that stands out is the voice. We then see Anne talking about her crazy mom, telling her that Anne was one of God's chosen soldiers during her mom's episodes. Anne then tries to get more information about Elena, but no dice. That's all kind of secret shit, so you're not going to get that. So later, a nun speaks to Father Quinn about Anne sitting in on her classes. A woman can't be an exorcist. No. Father Quinn's like, you know, (laughs) it's all good. Like, I'll fucking sit with her. It'll be fine. Like, you know, I think she has potential. So... Anne only wants to learn Father Quinn's going to be the one to teach her, but the nun's like, yeah, but I'm just trying to protect Anne. From what? Like, yeah, never mind. We'll, we'll figure that out later. Um, so later, Anne is giving Clark a light sponge bath when we see blood start to fill his IV bag. Clark starts humming a song that Anne recognizes that only her mother would hum, and she asks him how he knows that. Clark turns around and says, we've been waiting for you. And suddenly the water on the sponge starts to sizzle on Clark's back, causing a burn to appear. Suddenly, through the PA system, Anne's mom can be heard humming the song. Anne gets trapped in the room, and soon Clark grabs her by the throat, demanding she let him in, speaking in a demonic voice. She manages to overpower him and throw him to the floor. He's an old fucking man. Shouldn't take you that much. So yeah, but we're talking we're ta- we're talking possessed deadite shit now, you know. So yeah, <laughs> strength. Of I mean, I, I suppose. And Bray Wyatt, you know, let let me in. And Bray Wyatt. Let him in. So later, Father Quinn and the concerned nun from earlier speak to Cardinal Matthews about what happened to Anne. Quinn offers to work more closely with her and have her remain in St. Michael's. He wants to informally teach her the ways in exorcism. Quinn believes she has a close personal relationship with the devil, so Anne joins the all-male class of future exorcists. She's allowed to follow them as they head down to the bowels of the school, and, of course, they would have bowels in the school because the church likes to keep their secrets. Uh, so we get introduced uh, to... Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were going to say the church likes bowels. Well, they do. <laughs> and they also like jail cells, apparently. So, um, so they head down, and they all get introduced to the quote-unquote new patient they believe to be possessed. 
This patient turns out to be Natalie, and Father Quinn wants to act fast to perform an exorcism. So Quinn asks for two volunteers and immediately raises her hand. He's like, bitch, please. So she immediately puts her <laughs> hand down and asks for any other volunteers. So Dante from earlier, Father Raymond will assist. Quinn equips the men with devil-fighting fucking tools and preps them on how tricky the devil can be. I just fucking, it's like a fucking scene out of Constantine when he's fucking preparing them to go in with the fucking crosses. Yeah. Holy water is like, let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, well, so bat- you, you baptize children, you know, that is trial by water. This is trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, that was the vibe. Get in there, boys. Well, you know, this, it's funny you said that because I actually did think of Constantine while watching this. I was like, yeah, no shit. I was waiting for them to, like, you know, kind of maybe pull out, like, water guns with holy water and stuff like that, too. They kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to make it that one. Best priest I've ever seen in a fucking film. So, Raymond and Dante enter the room as Natalie twists her head around. They begin the exorcism, but Natalie in a sing-song voice says that she can't hear them as her eyes roll back in her head and her bones begin to crack. Dante splashes holy water on her, which causes her to walk up the wall backwards and cling to the ceiling. Dante and Raymond pray together as Natalie jumps to the floor and focuses on a two-way mirror, while Anne watches Natalie growl and put her hands to her face as two wounds open up on top of her hands, leaking maggots everywhere. Hey, King. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quick, quick question for you guys. Uh, just because, again, you guys have watched way more horror than I have. Okay, obviously the whole crawling of the walls and spinning around and all that, you know, obviously came from The Exorcist. All right, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, to your knowledge and stuff like that, is this supposed to be, like, you know, in your opinion, just everyone paying homage to The Exorcist? Or are there a b- bunch of other movies where this is, like, pretty much considered, like, the standard for possession? It's pretty standard. I mean, every Exorcist movie that came out after The Exorcist ripped off The Exorcist. So it's always climbing up walls backwards and speaking in tongues and vomiting up shit. You know, it's just, it, it all stems from, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Fucking vomiting <laughs> shit, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, where if, like, you know, if you read certain, uh, you know, certain things, like, throughout, you know, like, literary history and stuff, anything that had to do with, like, demons and, you know, anything that's like a hell creature, like, they always seem to have, like, you know, they have to have abilities that are beyond human. And when they, they go that route, you know, they, they want them to, to to be able to, they need to be able to prey upon you as if you're, you know, you're some kind of thing that they're going to eat, that you're going to devour. So being able to climb on a wall puts them in an advantageous position. You know, you can't have them necessarily fly because that's too, like, angelic. So they kind of want to go a different route with it. So I, th- I think it just calls from a couple different sources. But, yeah, obviously the, the, the Exorcist film is, is one of them that does it. Well, you know, we, can do, we see this in Dracula. We see this in, in other things where you have, you know, demonic entities preying upon people. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, yeah, cool. Just, <laughs> usually how they do that. Um, so 
Natalie demands to be led in as Quinn has had enough of this and it's time for the big boss to bring the power of Christ to compel her. Natalie retreats under the covers of the bed in the room, and as Quinn pulls back the blanket, Natalie is gone. Nope, she's under the bed and manages to yank Quinn off his feet. Uh, Anne watches as Natalie rises up with her back all contorted, and she snaps to it. So Anne decides to tag herself in on this match and confront Natalie. She manages to bring Natalie back from the demon's control, but Natalie soon falls to the floor as Natalie's hair goes down her throat, choking her. So we see Dante and Raymond immediately try to save Natalie as a clawed hand emerges from her throat and releases its grip on her hair, throwing the two men back. Awesome effects. Fucking love all of that. Good. That, was, that was just, I yeah, it was, oh, man. <laughs> so everything is back to normal, and later that night we see Dante, Raymond, and Anne kind of having a small drink together, a little celebration of a small victory against the demon and Natalie. And that's when Dante reveals a drawing that he took from Natalie's room. It's a drawing of his sister who was raped and got pregnant. She lost the baby and has been afflicted ever since that time. So we cut to some time later. Anne is in a room where she sees a body covered with a sheet. Under the sheet is her dead mom. Anne turns after hearing a noise and looking back to the gurney. Mom's gone. Jump scare popping up from behind her. It was all a dream. So Quinn later dun, dun, talks dun. to her about Natalie. And Anne's not sure if Natalie was cleansed, and, but Quentin tells her that she'll have to remain under the observation of the priests and be transferred to the Vatican as a terminal case. Anne wants to oh, stay with her, shit. but that's the problem. Exorcists can't be friends with the possessed. You can't be pals with somebody that's possessed, all right? We can't have possessed pals. But it's my boy. So we, <laughs> Come on, so, man. <laughs> nope, can't do it. They're possessed. Get over it. <laughs> you know? They, there's a lot of rules. Women can't be exorcists. You can't be pals with the fucking possessed. Like, you know, you just, you can't do a lot of things. The church doesn't allow a lot but of things, of my, but they let a lot of things. He's part of, my, he's part of my fantasy football team. Shit. <laughs> it's his pick this week. <laughs> <laughs> so later, Dante and aids Anne in getting information on terminal cases of the possessed. So she, pretty much all the patients that were afflicted and considered terminal that got sent to the Vatican are dead, some receiving some heinous medical procedures to cure them. She also watches a video of a woman who was supposedly healed after an exorcism, and then she's like, really? You think I'm healed? And then she proceeds to pull off her nose and half of her lips. She's like, you think this is healed, motherfucker? And it's like, oh, what happened? She's like, I did this to myself, okay? Couldn't fucking deal. So this is what happens. And he's like, wow, that's fucking hardcore. <laughs> but she takes her face half her face off, but she still has perfect pronunciation. Like she still has lips to be <laughs> able to talk instead of like, yeah, yeah, I got I got I got the list. I got it sounds like that coming out because you know, there's just fucking rushing of air because you have holes there. You know, it reminded, yeah. you know, it reminded me of free. It reminded me of freeway, though. You know, at least at least she's got a great oh, yeah. smile. <laughs> Man, you got a fucked up face. <laughs> Can I do that? Oh. <laughs> Damn, man. <Ray. laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What a fucking great courtroom sequence that was. So, um, we then cut back to another flashback, and, and childhood, and her mom is attacking her, running up the stairs with the brush, 
And in therapy, she reveals that her mom killed herself and she feels responsible. Dr. Peters tells her to confront the trauma, and that's the only way you're going to be able to heal yourself. And that's when we cut to Anne also discovering that she no longer has full access to Natalie. She's been restricted, so she's probably getting transferred to the Vatican. Anne confronts Father Quinn about this, and she's like, this isn't right, man. Don't be fucking doing that. You know what? I got a whole fucking new way of doing things, all right? You're going to hear me out whether I'm a woman or not. And she has this whole idea about how you have to kind of get connected with the patient that's possessed and kind of talk to them about really why they are fucking possessed in the first place. What kind of trauma are they going through? You know, what kind of shame do they have? And, of course, Quinn's like, but she's a fucking kid. You know, what kind of shame could she possibly have? And she's like, I don't fucking know. I'm not the answer person. You're the answer person. Figure it out. I just gave you a head start. And Quinn's like, okay, well, I don't know what to do with that information. They, they cut. So, again, it's like he, she gives him this fucking great idea, which makes a lot of sense, and it's very interesting. And he's like, nah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but then he also kind of bucks up on her a little bit because he's like, okay, so we've been doing exorcisms, you know, for millennium, and you're going to come in here and now tell us we're wrong? <laughs> yeah, like... He yes. essentially did, like, the really polite way of saying, oh, okay, all right, you're going to come up in my house? You're going to come up in my house and tell me how to do my job? Oh, really? We've been doing this for years. Where you been? Where you been when I was fucking in Egypt doing exorcisms? You're sucking your thumb while your mom hits you with a brush. I was doing shit when you were fucking still shit your diaper. You want to come at me with that bullshit? <laughs> while your mom was hitting you with a brush. Damn, you didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Father Quinn knows shit. Father Queen knows shit about you, Anne. Better fucking recognize son of being exorcist self in my fucking church of St. Michael's. <laughs> like, damn, you went hard. <laughs> so, later on, uh, Dante talks to Anne and tells her that her sister, his sister is still possessed. And if they can't exercise a demon, it would prove Anne right all along about guilt and about shame. So Dante wants to perform an unsanctioned exorcism. So she decides, yep, yeah, I'll go along with it. Even if that means what saving that What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing is what possibly could go wrong. So the pair <laughs> head to Dante's mother's apartment where his sister Amelia has been asleep for three days. Dante's sister reveals that she knows that Anne used to know what it's like to have a baby inside her as well. And then the demon straight up fucks with Amelia's stomach. <laughs> and... Starts fucking having little I hands poke at her stomach, and she's like, God damn. <laughs> so, you know, Anne decides to use this fucking tactic of being like, hey, I'm going to goodwill hunting the shit out of you right now and be like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And she's like, it isn't my fault. And then the fucking demon leaves, and she's like, it's success. We did it. I just told her it's not <laughs> your fault for 10 minutes, and the fucking demon's gone. No problems. Nothing's going to fucking happen from here. It's all good. So later after the exorcism is over, Anne admits to Dante that she got pregnant at 15 and was kicked out of the foster home where she was living. And then she decided to go live in a convent with a bunch of nuns. And that's when when she gave birth, her baby was immediately put up for adoption. And she's carried that shame with her ever since. And that's when, for some reason, at night, she goes into her bathroom and decides to pull a piece of hair from her eyeball. As one does ah. when they wake up in the middle of the okay. night. Okay. 
<laughs> but but come on, you gotta admit that scene was cool, man. Because the way you are about your jello shit and the way they like their fucking eyeballs, nothing like making you, well, your you. audience uncomfortable than fucking with the eyeballs. Oh, it I was really cool. It. I just I love the fact that it just really just didn't have a point to be there except for it's like ew, <laughs> it has nothing to fucking do with anything. It's like, oh look, I'm pulling a hair out of my eye. What's that? The door knock. Okay, <laughs> it's like. What? Okay. Well, it's like the studio said, uh, Mr. Stan, you're doing a great job directing this movie. It's, it's a lot of great things. We're going to have fun. One thing, can you fuck with an eyeball for one scene? Because we think we, we haven't fucked with eyeballs enough. Well, I guess I'll figure out something. I mean, what if I have her pull a piece of hair out of her eye? What's that have to do with the plot? I don't know. You told me to put a fucking eyeball scene in. All right, put it in. <laughs> it's going to be gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be well, awesome. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, too many questions. The girls are going to be gripping on their boyfriends. And, Ew, and then the fucking guys are going to be like, hell yeah, and he's going to get laid. That's the whole point. This is a I'm going to get laid afterwards type of movie. So <laughs> put the eyeball scene in the fucking movie. So she's told she needs to go speak to Cardinal Matthews, and he knows about the exorcism of Amelia because guess what? She fucking killed herself. She couldn't deal with it. Oh. She fucking offed herself. And Dante's like, yeah, yes, it's true. And he's fucking sitting there like he's in fucking detention. And fucking head, he's not crying. Yeah. He's not visibly upset. He's just like, well, that's what happens. Sisters got to go. <laughs> not a single drop of fucking tear on that fucking glorious table to have in Cardinal Matthews' office. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, Quinn decides to speak up, and she, he says that Dante and he didn't defeat the demon. It was only deceived. She's like, oh, shit. Well, uh, let me look at my watch here. Guess it's time to go back to St. Mary's where I belong because I oh! never deserve to be come here. <laughs> so long, exorcism career. So long, group of guys that I met in that class one time that played no fucking effect in this movie whatsoever. So long, Dante. <laughs> Saying the long goodbye as she fucking leaves. <laughs> she decides to go back to St. Mary's, and we cut back there where Dr. Peters decides to pay Anne a visit and gives her some light exile reading on trauma. Again, I kind of agree with the ghoul that Dr. Peters, played by Virginia Madsen, should have been more of a villain than just kind of like a character. It's just like, yeah, they're not possessed. They're fucking psychologically damaged. And the church is like, fuck you, they're not. They're fucked. There's demons in there. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, <clears throat> I think they need medication and therapy. No, fuck you. They need Jesus. Like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> they're just... Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, though, because we're going to get a drop line from her, too, where she's like, oh, don't get me wrong. I've seen things happen here that, you know, that just are, are beyond <laughs> science. Mm-hmm. But, like, at yep. the same time, too, like, like, what is this character's fucking purpose? Like, I don't understand why <laughs> yeah. she's even in this movie other than to, like, just... Like, she's not even playing good psychiatrist for, for Anne. No. You know, like, overall, no. she really no. just ends up being a very, like, useless character. Yeah, her advice to Anne the entire movie is to get the fuck over yourself. Literally, that's her fucking advice throughout the entire movie. Stop making it all about you. Get over your fucking drama. Here's a book about how to do it, too. Like, goddamn, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> I was like, what a fucking great I'm, psychiatrist I'm, this is. I'm surprised it wasn't but a book that she things. wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it should have been. Here, oh, my right. God, Monkey, it should have been a book she wrote. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> trauma for dummies. Because yeah. you're a fucking yeah, but, dummy, uh, get it? 
<laughs> but, but it's like like the ghoul was saying or something like that. Something where it's like she has her own agenda, something going against the church or something, tr- or trying to get a position in the church or something. And, you know, that's why she's trying to discredit the exorcism. Yeah. You make it Again, so that it she's been... fucking possessed. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yep. it's fucking, mm-hmm. she could just be one of the fucking demons, man. And, like, you know, by the end, you're like, oh, shit. She's the reason why Natalie got out. She's the reason right. why fucking, yeah. you know, she got Natalie involved in the first place because she knew Natalie was Anne's child. Like, there's so many fucking routes that would make this just a, a, a more climactic film with more just impact and depth and character, but no, no, no. Yeah, I, we don't want to do that. I was waiting for Doctor. I was waiting for Doctor Peters to be the fucking mom and Natalie the entire time. So like, ah, I didn't see that fucking coming, did you? That's my fucking the uh, foster daughter. She's like, oh my god. Yeah, that's right. You only think about yourself, Anne. You don't ask how's Doctor Peters. Nope. You just ask about your fucking <laughs> self all the time. Yeah. You know, it's fucking selfish. It's selfish, and I don't fucking like it. By the way, here's my book. I autographed it on the inside. Get over yourself, Dr. Peters. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been fucking, you know, just, I don't know, like having her fucking try to seduce Cardinal Peters, uh, Cardinal Matthews, and he's like, whoa, barking up the wrong tree, lady. Nope. <laughs> and, do you have like a male assistant or something I could talk to? <laughs> I only have Bring a hard on for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one that gets me rock hard. Just thinking about those abs, look at those fucking abs in that cross. I Can fuck you believe abs it? For the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I only plug ass for the Lord. <laughs> so um, after we see Doctor Peters leave, Nat- Natalie's also visit. I mean, not Natalie. Uh, and is visited by Dante, and he tells her that Natalie suffered a relapse. Uh, on her way home, and she was immediately brought back to the hospital after pulling a Halloween 4 Michael Myers attack in the fucking ambulance. All she needed to do was put her fucking thumb through one of the fucking foreheads, and I'm like, yep, somebody watched Halloween 4 when they fucking did this fucking thing. <laughs> she kicked <laughs> all uh, their asses. Like, she, she had a fucking <laughs> barbecue in there. <laughs> fucking, the whole thing is like, it's like the fucking ambulance from Halloween 4 when the woman's like, how many were in the bus? And then he fucking checks it out, and the fucking whole thing is bloody on the inside. And then it's like, oh, yeah, two orderlies and a priest fucking died. And I was like, that's a lot of fucking blood. You know, but then Dante hands her some rosary beads that Anne reveals. She wrapped around the baby's wrist when she was born. It's her fucking daughter. The demon is using her to get the And it was like the coolest fucking moment in the movie when you see little Natalie fucking sitting in the fucking ambulance, just fucking cradling that fucking rosary, just dangling it in front of Dante, like, here, give us to your bitch. Whoa! <laughs> Natalie's fucking awesome right now. Holy shit, this is cool. She's just covered in blood if I could sit in an ambulance. Like, you know, cool as shit. But no. <laughs> Dante helps Anne sneak back into St. Michael's, and the two head down um, into the catacombs where they find Quinn, Cardinal Matthews, and Raymond praying in front of the cell where Natalie is being kept inside. The three men are immediately knocked out, and Raymond is killed. We hardly got to know him, but he was Raymond. Uh, but Dante and Anne find a freed Anne, a freed uh, Natalie. Well, he was so important, obviously. 
Like, see, again, like, for a minute. Like, see, here we go. Yet another character who was, like, you know, important for a whole hot minute. Like, when Anne sneaks into the room and he gives her that dismissive look, like, why are you in here? Like, this should have been a character who had a problem with her being a woman learning this shit. Because that's how it got portrayed for all of a second. But then, like, you know, you have the other sequence in which it was like, oh, no, we're all buddies. <laughs> yeah, we're having a drink and we're clearly <laughs> friends. This is a good time we're having, right, guys? Like, I, I, guess I mean, I, I mean, I mean, that's totally unintentional. To <laughs> I, I don't like girls. I mean, I, I totally like girls. I mean, I totally like girls. I just, I can't have any. I'm a priest. It's just difficult. <laughs> Why couldn't I have been a minister? No. <laughs> so, um, Natalie is eventually saved by Anne when she decides to have the demon possess her. Dante scoops up the now-cured Natalie as a demon takes over Anne's body. Dante attempts to escape to the catacombs, but struggles. He's able to get Natalie through the bars of the locked gate and has her play a game of hide-and-seek where she's totally going to hide. He's totally not going to go find her. Like, you could just be honest with this girl at this point because she was fucking formally possessed. You could be like, hey, why don't you go fucking hide in that fucking sewer and I'll be back for you in a minute. She's not going to be like, oh, what? I'm scared. No, she was fucking possessed by a demon. She'll do whatever. Within reason, because she's, she's a kid. But she'll fucking go hey, Steward. You know how we've been keeping you trapped in a fucking cell, telling you that we're, like, trying to heal your <laughs> shit, but you're talking about this fucking voice, and you're bleeding out your eyes, and you got these weird veins all over your fucking head? Well, you know, yes. there's, there's, like, this demon thing trying to get you, so I think you should hide, honey. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm too scared. Ew, I'm so scared. <laughs> it's just... You're scared just, We saw you crawl up a wall. Go the fuck in that fucking surrogate with the Ninja Turtles. And we'll fucking come back for you when we can. So, Possessed Man Anne up. manages to knock that down to And go in search of Natalie. She finds Natalie and attempts to kill her by strangling her, but then she hears her mother's voice calling to her and then manages to free herself of the possession hold by falling into a large pool of water, which I'm assuming they don't say it is fucking holy water. Because I looked on it on Wikipedia well, no, no, and it was like, oh, she falls in a pool. Yeah, those, those, are the bap- those, those are the baptism pools underneath the school. Oh, see, I missed it. Th- yeah, they, 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 spaced out. She asked him, what is that? It's the baptismal well. So. Oh, see, I, I spaced out. I was like, oh, she just fell in some water, and she's like, I'm fine. I was like, yeah, no. And the Wikipedia is like, holy water. I was like, I missed that? Okay, that's fine. But um, <laughs> when she's cured, Natalie's cured, everybody's good. Uh, Anne wakes up in the hospital, and she talks to, to Natalie about just forgetting about all of St. Michael's and forget that I'm your actual mom, too. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I meant I'm totally your mom, and you can come see me whenever you want. Not really, though. No. Like, I'm not going to forward you my address so you can't find me. So Natalie's like, well, here's that picture of the dog I drew, and she's like, it's a fucking train. And then they hug, and she watches Natalie leave and never fucking comes back. She's like, well, I'm glad that chapter of my life is fucking closed forever. <laughs> you know, Natalie's like, hey, can I call you sometime? Nuns aren't allowed to have phones. Like, oh, okay. All right. Well, can I write you? I don't have an address. I live at 123 Church Street in Catholic Town. Um, I don't know the state. <laughs> See you. Goodbye. <laughs> Until, you know. 18 years later, come to the stage, Natalie. Oh, my God. Mm. She never got over it. 
my actual mom's a nun, and my my stepmom sucks. <laughs> we cut back to Anne, who meets her father Quinn and Cardinal Matthews, and she's awarded an academic fellowship at the Vatican. After this meeting, where she's like, "Hell yeah!" It's like the fucking, you know, put a medal on her fucking chest or something like that. They should have fucking done that. Like have her bow her head down, and they put on a fucking exorcist medal. Well, like you just well, won like exorcism. Well, like the end of Star Wars. Uh, uh, no, well, I don't know that is, but Chewbacca, he like, wouldn't know. He, he's never seen yeah, it. <laughs> he's never seen yeah. the first Star well, Wars? Stop. No. He's never seen any of them. movies that aren't horror movies just to make you watch something. I've always seen pieces <laughs> of Star Wars. Like the first one, the, yeah, I've seen pieces of it. I haven't seen it completely. <clears throat> the rest of them, forget about it. I haven't seen those either. But no, like I was waiting for them to break out a fucking medal, like a fucking trophy or something like that, and be like, here. You win the Exorcist of the Year award, and they fucking put it on her, and they take pictures and show like that. The fucking Pope shows up, and he's like, "Hey!" And they're like, "Hey, it's the Pope!" Like, no, <laughs> it's the Pope. Uh. You know they don't. <laughs> hey, hey, it's the Pope. Hey, oh, hey, hey, that's a woman from New Jersey. Hey, oh, that Pope. Uh, I'm gonna. I know that dude. I'm gonna give you a kiss. I'm gonna hold the hand. I'm gonna give you a kiss because I come from a room. Like. Pope Francis isn't fucking Italian. Well, he is in this fucking universe. This universe makes no sense. There's fucking exorcism happening all the time. Nothing makes sense in this world. Italian, but he's also hey. fucking, you know, he's, he's from the Jersey Shore. Well, he's hey, fucking oh. hardcore Italian. Hey, I'm uh, going to go work out with my friends. Hey, it's uh, Jim Tan Laundry Day. Hey, hey, it's the Pope. Jim Tan Laundry. Hey, Oh, guess what? Uh, I'm uh, hanging out with the situation, and I'm going to turn this water into wine. Look at this, Mike. Boom! Jesus. <laughs> hey, yo, this guy turned water into wine. we got to keep this guy around. Hey, the Pope has a good time. Hashtag Pope Boy. <laughs> like, wow. I'm on Twitter. I'm on everything. Like, it's like, wow, this fucking Pope likes the fucking party. Turning water into wine, fucking, you know, just talking out, like, hanging out. Like, the only day he's fucking real serious is on Sunday, but all of a sudden he's real fucking serious and reading and shit. But Saturday night, look out. <laughs> Hey, who wants to ride on the Pope-mobile? Hey, everybody gets to ride on the Pope-mobile. Hey, come on. Come on, girls. Show the movie, please. Oh, look at the boobies. Hey, they look at the, they look at the Pope and they say boobies. Come on, situation. Come over here. We're going to look at the boobies. Everybody does it for the Pope. Hey, who wants to get baptized tonight, ladies? You're all going to get baptized by the Pope. And I don't mean holy water. Ew. The Pope's going to come with all these girls. Oh, and they're all over 18, all right? Yep. <laughs> Get them a sign of the consent. Okay, we got to break out the consent forms. So after the, 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 the scholarship ceremony, you owe me a lot of those. So the, um, Anne leaves in a cab, and she's like, uh, I at first, I didn't know if she was actually in Rome when she was in the cab or if it was New York. And I'm like, oh, no, okay, that's a New York cab. So she's still kind of like in a metro city. Uh, but the driver she's in soon begins to whisper. It, yeah, that's right, Boston. <laughs> I kept thinking New York as a fucking cab. I was like, oh, she's in New York now? Did she go to the other headquarters? Did she go to the, the New York fucking Catholic headquarters? <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Catholic headquarters, there's the <laughs> evil of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's getting another one. Oh, I'm going to stop you, <laughs> devil. <Continental. laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. So 
she sees a woman staring at her, and she's like, that's fucking creepy. And then the driver of the cab starts whispering her name, so she's like, that's fucking weird. Then the woman shows up at the window, and she's got white eyes, and she's like, huh, that's even weirder. Then all of a sudden, the cab driver's in the back seat next to her, apparently possessed, and she fucking yanks out that crucifix, holds it up to the cab driver as he screams and lunges for her. The end. Again, like, that fucking little fucking ending kind of made me laugh. I'm like, this definitely doesn't need to be in this movie. It's like fucking the ending of Constantine. I was waiting for him to show up. Hey, you're in the exorcisms too? And she's like, oh, shit, John Constantine. <laughs> yeah. I can't <laughs> have up a fucking cigarette. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That's all right. You're a nun. I don't care if you play fucking Baby Dog Star. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I've got to be pure. Wow. You mentioned Dog Star. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a, what a great decision he made with Dog Star. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, man, the tour right that? now. They're going to be in the... They're going to be in the New Jersey area in, like, a couple of days. Well, that's because Keanu's going around with his band and also promoting Cyberpunk, uh, Phantom Liberty, the DLC. So he's got to be out there somewhere. You know? oh, Maybe geez. he'll bring the Pope along. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, bring it, the Pope. Fine. It is bring it is. the Pope. It, hey, hey, it's a dog uh, star. It's a Mr. Keanu Reeves. Hey, everybody. I'm best friend of Keanu Reeves. Hey. Oh, I want to get the limo with Keanu. <laughs> Oh, I love Cyberpunk 2077. It's my favorite video game. I'm always in the Vatican, always especially playing the video games. Oh, look at that. Especially the when it hey. works. You know, because if you have the older <laughs> systems, it doesn't have to work as very good. The game is a broken. No. Yeah, yeah. That's why I keep telling that they keep, because they keep popping up ads on uh, Smack, WWE SmackDown about, you know, download, you know, the new DLC. I was like, why did they even make a new DLC for a game that doesn't fucking work in the first place? How about you no, make no, the patches, fix the game? No, no, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. Bring yourself current. Stop playing the last generation of game systems. Because that game works perfectly fine on PS5 and Xbox Series X. It just doesn't work on the Xbox One. Well, there you go. So anyway, that was Pray for the Devil from 2022. Ooh. Stay tuned for the Pope fucking gaming channel. Hey, what's up to you guys? Like and subscribe. This is the Pope. We're about to play a new video game today. Like, no, well, I'll stay tuned for that. Um, so we will see you back here next week for the Dean's Film Pick of the Week. Don't listen from 2020. All right, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode, everybody. Good night, everybody. Mwah. <laughs> they right. come in the ears. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Squirt, 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 squirt. All right. Hey, it comes in everybody's ears. Everybody gets happy. Ah, simple. Yeah, so. All right. So, can you go ahead and sign yourself off, cool? Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared of everything except for tonight's film. And see you next week. For, for what? I wasn't listening, but I think it is Don't Listen from 2020. Ah. As always, what? I am your old pal, the King of Har. And you thanking you so much for listening to this episode. <laughs> Do you need an extra cigarette? No, not anymore. <laughs> I fucking quit. <laughs> I'm officially done. <laughs> Oh, God, it looks like a fucking Arby's garbage yeah. can. So much sloppy meat. Oh, <laughs> uh, <geez. laughs>
Who doesn't Rose have beef sandwich? It's a smoked roast beef sandwich. <laughs> She's got the meat. Are, 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 are those sesame seeds? No. <laughs> Oh God! On that note, everybody, go out and get yourself some Arby's this weekend and think about us. Hail Satan! Hail the smoke smokers! We'll see you back here next time. They got the meats. Oh God! Oh, we got the meats. <laughs>